Between Two Friends with Brett Trembley is a podcast for entrepreneurs about current issues, topics, advice pertaining to their industry, and more times than not, life in general. In this episode, our guest is Ed Williamson. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Brett Trembley with Between Two Friends. I am delighted that we were able to steal a few minutes today from a very busy man and a very well-known figure here in South Florida, Ed Williamson, the owner of Williamson Cadillac. And if you're down in Miami, you know this car dealership. So Ed, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. How are you? I'm really good. We, uh, we've been very busy during this very interesting time. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. How has the coronavirus impacted the, the car industry? Well, first of all, thankfully, in the state of Florida, um, early on, the governor uh, decided that uh, automobile dealerships were essential. Um, we've got uh, 216 employees in Dade County and about another 175 in Broward. Um, and when the PPP thing came along, we decided that fit us, uh, very well, uh, because we, to contrast it with the downturn in 08 and 09, we actually, uh, reduced our headcount by a third, but we thought that was going to take quite a while. I didn't think this was going to take quite as long to, uh, recover from. Our business started to slow down in March. It was off more than 50% in April. It started getting better in May. And then ever since May, we've uh, we've been very thankful. Um, uh, sales and service uh, have been at or above normal levels ever since, I'd say, August. And is that is that industry-wide, Ed, or have you guys been able to do something differently? Uh, it's pretty much the whole country. The exception is... There are some states, um, New York, New Jersey to some extent, California, uh, that have had instances or times uh, during the last 10 months when the, the governor has interfered with the, their business. And it's not just the car business, as you know, there's lots yeah. of different businesses that, uh, that have been mandated to be pulled back uh, by the government. Uh, and among the things I'm thankful for is I'm thankful that we're not in the uh, hospitality business. I, those four, those four guys have really gotten hit. Yeah, it's been bad for tickets, events, hospitality. That's that's been very unfortunate. Um, and it's good to hear that that the car industry has remained stable because I, I would have assumed it would it would have had a dip, like a lot of businesses have. Um, but as you stated, March and April were pretty precarious for all of us. And since then, um, you know, a, a lot of us have been able to bounce back. So tell us a little bit more about the background of Williamson Cadillac, because my office just happens to be, you know, very near your office. I, I can I can see you from, from I'm my, waving. I'm waving uh, at your office right now. Yeah. You know, I, I can see you from the window. And, and uh, so we I guess being close proximity, you know, I think I met you about uh, eight or ten years ago. And um, I, I was always, you know, kind of like when there was a, a famous person, right, that wanted like an NFL player that wanted to buy his mom a Cadillac, you know, it's, it's usually on the side of your building. And by the way, uh, we delivered a new Escalade to Michael Jordan on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and th- there you have it right there. That's, yeah. a, that's a prime example. How have you been able to over the years become what I believe is still the 
number one Cadillac dealership in all of the Southeast. My parents uh, met at Indiana University and in 45, when dad came back from the war, uh, he joined his father-in-law in the International Harvester store, trucks and farm machinery. In 48, uh, he got a Cadillac franchise. In 54, I was eight. He bought the Cadillac Oldsmobile dealership 200 miles north of here in Lake Wales, Florida. And I grew up there. In 67, I had graduated from Auburn. I was an engineer in Columbus, Georgia, and he sold the store up there and he broke ground on a new Cadillac dealership here. It was a mile north of our current location on North Kendall Drive, right across from the middle of Dadeland. I joined him and in December of 67, we opened. I've noticed, you know, you, you took over the building behind you. You're constantly looking for more places to, to hold your cars. You know, you, you need more space. <laughs> My son and I have been trying to buy that building for, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah, we took a, we took a 35,000 square foot building and turned it into a 105,000 square foot building. And, uh, and almost doubled our service operation. Uh, which we we really really needed, uh, especially after we uh, were able to get uh, Buick and uh, GMC. So what what has been your strategy all these years, Ed, on on growth? You know, mo most people that don't own a business, for example, you know, you make decisions now to set yourself up three to five years down the road, which takes foresight. You know, your financing is involved and, and investment and risk. Um, of course, people are the huge component that you're finding the right people that I, I think most, you know, most people underestimate. So what is kind of your, what's been your key to success over the years? I think that our most important asset is our employees. And the tagline we use in our advertising is uh, treating you has, like family has kept us number one, and it really goes for our employees. We think all of our employees are members of, of, uh, of the Williamson family, and it is a family store. Uh, I'd like to say I'm in charge of the weather. We've had uh, professional general managers for almost 25 years, and, um, uh, you know, that's, that's where the nuts and bolts decisions are are made, but I think it's family responsibility to establish the climate, if you will, uh, what it's like to be a member of the team. The people, especially the employees who have customer interface, salespeople, service writers, you know, they, they treat the customers like they're treated. They treat them like family. And I think that's, that's important. And, uh, it shows in our service satisfaction ratings. They're extremely high. We're thankful for that. That's incredible. I, I look, I don't have 200 or so employees, right? We're, we're about to be 30 here soon, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, I think that you're, you, you, you surround yourself with the best people and then your people will take care of your clients. So Ed, what do you see on the horizon for maybe not only your dealership, but car dealerships, right? You've got a lot of I don't know if it's disruptive or, or just helpful, you know, industry. Now you've got electric cars coming out. Um, I don't know if people ask you, for example, about Tesla. And I know I, it seems like every line is coming out with electric cars. 
Um, you hear reports that millennials aren't driving as much. You know, I don't know how often you think about, you know, 10 years from now, but what do you guys foresee? Well, this is the right time to be uh, asking that question. We've got a little electric car experience. Cadillac had a plug-in hybrid uh, in 14 and 16. Uh, but if that, that was a little too early. That was before Tesla. Now what's happened is, and we're only General Motors, and General Motors is, is being very aggressive with their uh, electric car strategy. Uh, they have announced that uh, Cadillac is their lead brand for that. Actually, the first GM plug-in electric, which comes in about nine or 10 months, is going to be an electric Hummer. Uh, wow. And that's going to be distributed by some GMC dealers, and we're one of them. And in fact, from 02 to 09, we had Hummer here, and this was the biggest retail Hummer store in the country. So we're, we're looking forward to Hummer. I think the volume of the new electric Hummer is going to be uh, pretty low to start with. But Cadillac will have their first uh, electric vehicle about a year from right now. Uh, it's called Lyric. Uh, it's really good looking. And Cadillac has said that market conditions permitting, the target is to have Cadillac build 100% electric vehicles by 2030. So that's basically nine years from now in order to take care of this electric future. Um, Cadillac has gone out to their dealer body and said, this is what it's going to take. Um, if we hope you buy in, but if not, we'd like to talk to you about buying back your franchise. To put it in perspective, we're number four in the country. We sold uh, 1,260 new Cadillacs last year. That's 105 a month. Wow. The dealers that took the buyout, Cadillac volume averaged 20 a year. You know, we sell 20 on a weekend. Every other car is is what you would call, I think, a luxury car on the road here, right? You've got yeah. a, a higher, I think, per capita. Maybe L.A. would, would probably, probably New York. But um, like for where I come from, a Mercedes, for example, is few and far between. And now it's like every other person has one. So do you think the, the Miami market in particular has taken to to Cadillac and, and, and Hummers, as you said? Or, or what, what's your view on that? I think we've got a lot of trendsetters and followers here. Uh, I'm sure all Cadillac dealers are out there thinking right now, wow, if we got to have it all in the future, what, what does that mean for my sales? Well, there are more Teslas sold in the state of California than any other state. Number two is Florida. One of the advantages is that uh, to Florida is that battery powered automobiles go farther in a warm environment. They don't perform as well in the cold. It just it it's it saps the range. So I think that speaks well for us. In fact, when uh, when General Motors first came out with their electric vehicle, it was called EV1. I don't know, 20 or 25 years ago. Um, they only sold it in California, New Mexico, and Arizona, and it was because of the weather. Interesting. We've got a couple of uh, level two chargers here. We got one inside the building, but I've got one in customer parking. 
and um, it's it's very common to to drive in in the morning and see somebody else's uh, uh, some customer's electric car uh, plugged into our spot out here, and it's kind of fun. And we're going to have more of those out there. And then the big expense, by the way, is that um, the real fast chargers require a 480 volt pre-phase service. And if your building doesn't have it, it costs about 40 or 50,000 bucks to add it. And then the actual, what's called a 400 volt DC direct current fast charger itself runs between 45 and $40,000. So that's, but that's the one that will give you 100 or 200 miles in 10 minutes. Dan Ammon, he used to be the president of GM in North America, or GM. And now he, uh, he is the CEO of Cruise Automation, which is an um, autonomous vehicle research and manufacturing company is based in San Francisco. And he says he thinks three things have to happen before the electric car sales density gets anywhere above 5%. He said it has to be the same range or better than gas. It has to be the same price or better than gas. And then you have to be able to uh, fill it up in 15 minutes. The new GM battery project looks like they're going, uh, they're, they're getting pretty close to where they have to be on the battery price. Uh, the the target for everybody is $100 per kilowatt hour for a battery. So in other words, before there, before you reach, the electric car reaches 5% of the market share, you need to be able to pull over to a gas station and charge up within 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But as you said, that's rather expensive. No, it, and, but what you said is, is true, and that is that at the moment, we don't have the infrastructure necessary for an all-electric future. Right. But it seems to me that the gas stations already have the real estate. And so I think pretty quick you're going to pull into a gas station and either you're going to see two different banks of machines, one of the gas pumps and the other one will be chargers, or I don't know, maybe the gas pump will have two handles, probably not for you know, for um, safety reasons. But I, th- I think that's where the chargers will be. And if you think about pulling into a gas station and you, you, you put the nozzle in your gas tank and you walk inside and you buy a Coke and a candy bar, and it's not unreasonable to think you might spend 10, 12, 14 minutes there. And maybe you pick up an extra 200 miles on your car when you do that. But... Most charging will be at home overnight. And another advantage to that is that all of these cars are programmed to know when the cheapest power is. So at 2 a.m. at your home, you pay less per kilowatt hour than you do at 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's fascinating. And I'll tell you, it's also rather... Not, not surprising by any means, but refreshing to see a, I think people would consider like Cadillac or an owner of a Cadillac dealership to be a, a gas guzzling, you know, and, uh, you know, 
I'm, I'm against electric cars, but here, you know, more than most people because you're in the industry and you pay attention and, and you guys have such a forward looking vision for what's coming down the pike. So I, I commend you on that, Ed. That's re that's really neat. I think it's exciting. Um, and I, I'm not afraid of change in the late nineties and these two young developers in late 97, um, who were introduced by a, a, a friend that's in the real estate business proved to us that they wanted that property worse than we did. And, uh, and so my brother and I signed a contract to sell it. We, at that point had the 26 biggest Cadillac store and uh, the biggest Saturn store, um, in the Southeast hmm. and we got to move. And, uh, so it was a pretty big leap of faith. Uh, and you know, you do that crossing your fingers. Yeah. Worked out pretty good. In, in 67, my dad brought the first five acres, the South five acres of that piece for a dollar 51 a square foot. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty cool piece of history right there. Ed, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I mean, you obviously have a lot going on in, in your life and your business. And I just want to thank you kindly for, for chatting with, with me and us today, because we're going to share this episode, of course. And I, I you don't need the luck, but I wish you all the continued success in everything you guys do. Thanks for being such a, a great part of the Miami business community. And by the way, Williamson Cadillac gives back all the time and is a big part of the fabric of, of this community. So thank you. Great to be with you. Thank you. All right. Ed, take care. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.